creativity thrives in Louisiana with a robust entertainment ecosystem, making the state a global destination for motion pictures of all sizes. Louisiana has world-class crews, modern art stages, diverse locations, and one of the most competitive tax credits in the world, up to 40%. Go to louisianaentertainment.gov to find out why productions are choosing Louisiana. Welcome to the Ankler Podcast. This is Sean McNulty from the Wake Up Newsletter here at the Ankler. Uh, joining today, of course, is Mr. Rushfield from L.A. Richard, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. Thank you. And also from L.A., Janice Min. Janice, good morning. Good morning. And a special guest today, we have uh, Alex Sherman, who covers the media business for CNBC, the media reporter, I guess, Alex, is your title uh, at CNBC? That's right. Happy to be here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, remember to hit subscribe or follow the Ankler podcast on your listening platform of choice. Uh, and of course, follow uh, the Ankler on Twitter at the Ankler. And of course, subscribe to the Ankler to get the full suite of newsletters and podcasts at theankler.com. Uh, so today, again, Richard, the town is a buzz. What are you going to be for Halloween on Monday? What are you dressing up as? You know, everybody must know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to go as a uh, as as the ghost of Hollywood's past here, which is uh, <laughs> the costume I wear every every day. Everyone's costume, Richard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My my kids are uh, very into Harry Potter, so I keep threatening yeah. to go as uh, as Ron, the most uh, boring <laughs> character in the in the book. It gets them very upset, also. So. I could see you in a, in a red wig. Yeah, that, that could work out well, Richard. Yeah. You know, busy week this week. This was the first, uh, this was the full uh, tech biz earnings week for Q3. A lot of news going on there, which we'll get to. Uh, cord cutting got pretty real this week with the two largest companies, Comcast and Charter, announcing numbers, which were not great for the cable bundle, upon which many Hollywood studios rely on. Um, but I guess the big news in town this week certainly, uh, was DC, DC studios, David Zaslav finally, uh, not finally, but did make his decision finally. as to, uh, yeah, you know, it's been, people have been waiting, uh, for who's going to run the show at what's now called the DC studios, which, uh, combines TV and film, which was, uh, kind of an expected, not a wild card name and Peter Safran, who's produced several DC films already from Shazam to Aquaman and the sequels and so forth. And the wild card was uh, director James Gunn, who's uh, been in charge of the uh, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, yes. which right. Running the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise over there and still has one more film to deliver, as uh, Kevin Feige reminded everybody on the red carpet this week. <laughs> at the That's very Black funny. Panther sequel that uh, that film comes out in May. So he still has a film to finish. Janice Richard, we'll start with you. Thoughts Ooh. on the decision? Just- Surprising. I want to bring up two things. So I think thematically, this is just an observation that I saw someone, you know, pretty senior in the entertainment business yesterday, socially, who, who just said, was saying like, this is all bad. Everything is bad. Everything that's happening is bad. (laughs) Oh, bigger picture. Okay. Bigger picture. And like, no one knows what they were doing. And this person has this, um, these fantasy dates that he puts in an imaginary calendar of like, this is the day Netflix gets sold. This is the day, you know, something, something <laughs> oh dire happened. And, wow. um, and he, and, and he wasn't wrong. And I think like when we, you were talking about all these topics and it kind of ties it all together. And then I just wanted to raise the point about James Gunn, because I'm sure some of you recall from a few years ago, there was some tempest in a teapot about some, tweets he had made and he was briefly removed from guardians of the galaxy then was reinstated um you know i know richard alluded to this in one of his columns this week about kanye but that brooks barn story at the new york times about the regression of you know these uh 
social movements and maybe you know subsequent outrage cycles in Hollywood have seemed seemed to have died died down. And I don't even remember what James Gunn was tweeting about that made people freak out. But uh, anyway, he, it doesn't. He made he me. made a he made I believe a, a, a child molestation joke. Oh, was, was the uh, but, but, was what caught which it, it being a Disney is uh, probably the right. wrong thing to joke. But about. it wasn't like a I'm a child molester. It was no, it was it, it was he was making a silly joke that he wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it was the wrong topic to uh, right. And I'm right. guessing he regretted it and it didn't reflect his values or or current things. No, it, it, was, it was it was it was it was clearly it was a dumb joke. He wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, being uh, pervy or anything himself. But yeah, but it was, um, no. But, you know, I actually would love to ask Alex, because you've done so much amazing reporting about the industry. I'm a huge fan. Thanks for being here. Um, when you when you hear about these things like executive changes at D.C. or and you reported a lot on um, CNN this week and Warner Brothers Discovery, um, how meaningful do you think any one of these uh, executive changes is? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I want to go back to what you said. First of all, thanks for the kind words, Janice. I appreciate it. Also a fan. Happy to be here. Your comment about like, this is all bad. Sometimes when you write th things, they age well, and sometimes they don't. And I wrote a story when David Zaslav took the job as the new CEO um, of, of the combined Warner Brothers Discovery, that he had a chance to step into uh, a, a, a vacancy left by Richard Plepler and Bob Iger to be this sort of new gregarious hero for Hollywood as sort of this beacon of light in a in a world now of sort of like businessmen, you know, Bob Chapecki or or tech people with Amazon and Netflix and Apple. And here's Zaslav, sort of an older school, very friendly uh, person that can just step right in there and 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 cultivate all these great relationships with talent and be Hollywood's sort of next hope and, and 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 maybe along with that get all of this great talent to come to him that i don't think has been the narrative at all since no. he has taken ceo and in fact i speak to people that are in the industry and they're pretty straight up with me being like look we gave david a lot of advice and he hasn't taken most of it uh mm -hmm. obviously what his play has been has been to dramatically cut costs take a company that he thinks was very bloated and mismanaged at AT&T and have step one be, let's just get all of the fat out of here uh, and try to convince Wall Street that a smaller version of Warner Brothers Discovery uh, is the right one moving forward. And then maybe two or three years down the road, we can get some sort of multiple valuation on this. You take a look at the stock price. I mean, it's, it's very low. It's about mm -hmm. half of the level uh, it's pretty much lost half of its value since that deal was announced. So uh, at least at this point, what I would say is sort of the defining feature for what David Zaslav has done in terms of picking his leaders has been to pick people who uh, either have cost cutting in mind or who he's directly told to cut costs. I mean, what I reported in my story this week was what's going on at CNN is just a smaller microcosm of what's going on broadly at that company, which is Zaslav has told all of his division head leaders. So that ranges from HBO Max to the Warner Brothers Studio to CNN to sports, the, to the cable networks. What can you do for me in terms of cutting costs here? Like we need to get this thing under control 
So come back to me with a strategic business plan that includes cost savings. More than a thousand people are going to be laid off at that company between now and the holidays. Uh, so that is a dramatic, there's about 40,000 people at Warner Brothers Discovery. That's a dramatic downsizing. And I don't think at this point, uh, he, he obviously has taken a long time to hire someone at DC. He's had several missteps. He tried to hire Dan Lin. There's yep. some internal disputing about how exactly far down the road that was, but I'm fairly confident to say they were very interested in him uh, and would have gone with him had that negotiation been easier. Um, he turned them down. Uh, there have been several other roles where I think they've kind of bobbed along trying to find somebody. The fact of the matter is a lot of people, I think, are hesitant to take this job because this is a tough time to take a job like this. Um, Chris Lick says he can deliver on what David Zaslav wants, which is sort of this scaled down, refreshed CNN. But in terms of some of the Hollywood jobs, and I think the DC one is, is right up there, you have to wonder, like, what am I getting into and what are my chances for success? Uh, DC has a number of films that are already in the can. So whoever takes over that job, it's going to be a couple of years before they can kind of plant their flag and say, look what I did here and look how great I was. And they're going to have to do that, perhaps, in an environment where spending is lowered. Uh, and, and they're not going to have all that many shots out of the gate to say, hey, look, I scored here and this was a huge success. So it's a tough environment, I think. And, uh, you know, I think David Zaslav's focus is not necessarily on being the creative hero people thought he might be. So, you know, Richard's written a lot about this, um, about this, these, these sort of conflicting impulses of Zaslav. I guess where it's maybe less of a conflict now where he it's that it's that shiny lore of Hollywood where you want to come in and buy Bob Evans house and be uh, that and be the senior statesman of the industry, sort of that Lou Wasserman figure. And um, there's sort of been a, uh, a leadership void in that kind of way for decades. I guess Iger. No, Iger sort of played a little bit of that role. Um, now he's retreated, not really doing press. And it's um, he's not loved. But I think, you know, Richard wrote about Warner Brothers Discovery Strategy last week. And he he made the point, you, but you also don't see... Uh, Brian Lord, which you wrote about, who you wrote about recently, and Ari Emanuel, they're not doing their kicking and screaming and, you know, saying, why did you kill my projects and this and that. So do you feel, have you gathered that he has a support of of those people still, of the deal makers? No one's, no one, Warner Brothers Discovery is too big to go up against or defy? Um, I think there's worry there. Uh, I, I don't know that I would say necessarily that he has the full support of that community. I think there's legit worry from the creative standpoint and then the people that represent the creators, that, at least that I speak to. Um, look, there's there's a bigger story here, which is this is the story of the media entertainment world. There had been a guiding light from a business perspective for all of the major global media companies for the past three to five years, which is transition to streaming and build streaming subscribers. And so it took the legacy guys a while but they all shifted their companies into this new stage where they were all going to at least have a Wall Street narrative of saying, look, we did it. We, we built our streaming services and here come the subscribers. And then in January of this year, Netflix subscribers growth stopped and the market turned on that narrative. But all these companies had just spent the last three years with this narrative in mind saying, well, 
here are our subscribers. But then the when the bubble popped on Netflix, the bubble also popped on all of these companies that tried to make themselves look like Netflix. So now in recent months, we're seeing these companies, all of them, Disney, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Netflix, all saying, actually, let's focus on revenue and profit and make Multiple that- Multiple revenue revenue. streams. Exactly. <laughs> but there's no obvious reason. There's no, there's no shining light that investors want this narrative. There, there, there's no evidence to me that if this becomes the new narrative, suddenly all these stocks are going to rise. Like, oh, oh, revenue and profit. Okay, yeah, we're, we're back in. So what's happening right now is you're still seeing all these companies kind of do the old narrative of saying like, well, streaming is the future and here's our streaming growth numbers. Even Netflix was sort of saying that. Like, hey, look, the t- it's not so bad. Like we added 2 million plus subscribers last quarter and next quarter, we're going to add 4.5 million. So like things are kind of back on track. But on the other hand, they're also saying, well, you know, but don't focus on the subscriber growth. Focus on the fact that we actually make money. Uh, and the, and that's certainly what Warner Brothers Discovery message is too, right? Like, let's forget about the whole subscriber growth thing. Like, let's just make our service a profitable service down the road. So these are mixed messages now. And usually Wall Street doesn't love mixed messages. And again, I have not seen any evidence that there's some sort of, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, acceptance, broadly speaking, among investors that they like this new messaging. Right. Uh, and Sean, so you followed, you were on a bunch of the investor, uh, the earnings calls these this week, and it was all bad. None of these stocks were rewarded after their earnings calls outside of maybe Netflix for a for a pop, right? Yeah. I mean, Apple had a decent call, but even they, they declined to make a projection for the fourth quarter. They're like, we can't tell you what's going to happen. And that's, you know, they weren't hit for it because their third quarter was the biggest third quarter they ever had. But, you know, this uncertainty and Amazon was big on this. And, you know, they were like the holidays. Like we, you know, we, we think it's not going to be great. And, you know, uh, we are cutting their profit will be <laughs> zero to four billion. So it's like, OK, well, that's a that's a range. Uh, so, you know, and we've made this point briefly before, briefly before Janice, but big tech, as we know, it hasn't seen a recession a real recession, not an off quarter here and there, whatnot, right. but like, what does a two-year recession look like to these companies? And this is a, you know, and I don't, this, this could be a canary in the coal mine or it could be a blip on the radar. And Alex, I'll get, let's get your you know, take on that in terms of like, what do you, what are you anticipating here? But the recession, nobody's, nobody's looking at 2023 saying, oh my God, we see a way out of this. They're saying, yeah, it's going to be bad. And you know, is the Fed the thing, the Fed interest rate, the thing that brought down tech? It's like, you know, it's an odd thing that nobody kind of saw coming, but well, Alex, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I also want to ask you, like if you're, you know, it was notable on Apple's earnings call, they didn't even mention Apple TV. It's such a nothing in their overall uh, plan, but then separately um, that, you know, Amazon studios and the, the, the whole like weird hydra of different video products they put out in the world that they, they're not broken out separately in any kind of uh, P and L or earnings report. And so specific to this town, to entertainment, should anyone be worried? It, Cause you know, just like what we saw today with CNN, they're like, eh, originals. No, thank you. Uh, you know, we're getting rid of those. I mean, look, let's just, let's take the logical Occam's razor viewpoint on this. Why would you not say anything about Apple TV Plus if you're Apple, right? <laughs> like if, if this were some sort of glowing, great success for the company, they wouldn't right. be not saying anything. 
mm-hmm. there's a reason they're not saying something. And that's that at this stage in the game, there's no message for them that's going to move that stock in a positive direction. I mean, all the other streaming services lose money. Apple over outpays virtually every other streaming service for any sort of major content. You know, there's almost no way they're making money on that at this stage. And, and they've never, ever disclosed how many subscribers they have. And right. even people very close to the company don't know how many subscribers they have. I mean, that, that number is in a lockbox. And they just so, raise prices too. Correct. Yeah. So look, our, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, like, I don't, I don't want to be extremely pessimistic here, but it, it start, you start to wonder if the future of content, if the future of this industry is a thing owned by a big company that does another thing that is a better business. Uh, I mean, that's Amazon, that's Apple, that's even Comcast. I mean, right. NBC right. within Comcast doesn't move the needle, really. That that company trades on its cable business and its broadband subscribers. Well, So as you think about the future consolidation here with Paramount or with Warner Brothers Discovery or with some of the smaller guys, you know, I think that there's a general narrative that they're all going to consolidate with each other. But it's possible that the end game, and, you know, to your point, Janice, you led off this discussion by saying, when is Netflix going to be sold? Like, if Netflix sells, like, maybe a non-media company buys Netflix, and it, whether it's Microsoft or somebody else, and, and it, Netflix just becomes one of these other things of, like, here's an entertainment streaming service that kind of supports the better business that we own. Right, on, on your Xbox that, <laughs> you know, you can right. watch. Yeah. It, right, Stranger Things 7 on your Xbox. Because that's yeah. going to change the business future. model. It's like, no, you're just, you're just reshuffling things on the deck, yeah. What do you believe of this sort of thing that's whispered around, maybe not even whispered about, that uh, that the Microsoft-Netflix alliance is the predecessor to like a potential larger arrangement. Yeah, I, I certainly have no insight to say that that's true uh, or untrue for that matter. Although I will say that Microsoft has a history of being interested in acquiring uh, larger tech companies that don't exactly do what core Microsoft does. So it would fit into that, you know, whether whether it's uh, a, a, a social media buy, like, um, what they looked at potentially with buying TikTok US's business um, or LinkedIn uh, or, or uh, a, obviously a gaming service like Activision. Like none of these companies are square on Microsoft cloud software businesses. Right. They're all a little bit offshoots of that. So they certainly have a track record that would suggest they might be interested in a business like Netflix. And more than more than that, they operate, and this is something I've written about in the past, they operate in a very strange zone, which is a very large tech company that for whatever reason is not under the gun of regulators. So like, could Uh Facebook buy Netflix? Like, no way. Could Apple buy Netflix? (laughs) No way. Like these companies are just, there's no, there would be such outcry on those Amazon too. But Microsoft just kind of operates over here and like the deals come and go and they just keep getting bigger. And regulators are like, yeah, it doesn't really compete with anything else they own. So like, yeah, it seems fine, I guess. Um, But they don't dominate a market in the same way the other ones do, whether it's AWS or the phone industry or social media advertising like Google and Facebook. So 
you know, they've, they've been able to kind of skirt regulatory ire, which may allow a deal like that to happen. It, fascinating. And I'm, you know, Richard and I had um, a meal with somebody uh, who was talking about, t- told us we should be looking out for the fact that Netflix is, we should look closely at Netflix's shareholders, that there's not, there's not any one block that could defensively um, protect against a, a takeover and that they've left themselves vulnerable and maybe they want to be vulnerable, but they've left themselves vulnerable in a way that some other companies would not. Yeah. I mean, I think that I would be very surprised if they sold immediately because Reed Hastings, I think, is the type of leader who uh, would not sell defeated. And it would they would look defeated now, I think, if they sold. Like they, There's a number of levers that they are trying to pull now. And yeah. I imagine we'll at least uh, see if those levers work, whether right. it's the ad tier or password crackdown or continued global expansion or video games or all these different things they're trying. And imagine he wants to see, like, let's see if these things actually work. And then at that point, if none of those things work, you know, then maybe he would have to change course and say, okay, like now's the time we'll sell. Um, or if those things may work, then there is some sort of valuation gain and then he'll sell and then he'll look more like a hero. Right. Um, Richard, you've met your pessimistic match with Alex Sherman. Do you have any thoughts? You're very quiet. Listening. Yeah, no, he's making me feel uh, <clears throat> like uh, Pollyanna in comparison. Um, <laughs> the, so I, I, I would say uh, I, I think you're very right about Hollywood needs some new sort of charismatic leader to fill that Iger or, or Plepler role. I would say that those people that that Zaslav has the personality that could do that. But those people came into the those, those people stepped into those shoes only after they had great successes. It was when Iger took over, it was like they're giving this TV guy the control of the company. We see it as his lightweight following Michael Eisner and then making these ridiculous deals, buying this animation company and buying this superhero company. And, you know, in the end, I, I, I think in the end of all of it, I, uh, you know, Ankler rule number one, this is a business of hits and uh, the color of which is have a couple hits that changes everything right now. Zaslov is in his uh, he's 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 trying to clear out the ATD mess as he sees it. And, uh, you know, that that the, the cutting is a lot easier to do than the than the making deals <clears throat> and the adding. And eventually we'll see either he'll produce hits or he won't. If the fir- that first uh, Iron Man movie had not been a hit, which it was not preordained that it would be or the, or, or the history of Disney would be very different right now. And we'll see in about in about three years. We'll see uh, what sort of deals he puts in place, what sort of people he gets to work with them and whether those. Uh, movies work out i think with 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 dc james gunn it, it it's kind of always been dc has 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 always had this terrible dilemma that they like define themselves as they they want sort of the marvel scope and size and so they want to be they want marvel success but they have to do something totally different because they can't there already is a marvel so they can't just be marvel so they've always def- defined themselves as uh with with these filmmakers leading it first christopher nolan they had this idea that it would be the Christopher Nolan vision uh, that would that that would uh, define uh, DC, but he was he was not terribly interested in uh, replicating that vision beyond his own his own movies. And then there was the Zack Snyder vision, and the problem with putting it all in the hands of one director and or one person for the vision is that their vision might not be something that the world embraces, uh, as 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 they saw with uh, 
with Zack Snyder. And then they had this this period where where they were sort of everything ran wild and, uh, you know, had a mixed record during the, during that period there. They had great successes like Wonder Woman and Aquaman and and uh, submissives too. And uh, now they're trying again for another filmmaker who has a very particular vision there. And we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. It's, uh, you know, in three to five years, if uh, we, we could be saying, hey, DC has displaced Marvel rewrite entertainment history or we could say what a stupid idea having him he just just the person doesn't know how to run anything and and uh it can't be replicated so you just have to see I'll, I'll tell you i went to i was at the uh the black panther premiere the other night wakanda forever wakanda forever yes yes and i think the, the marvel story which has kind of been on the ropes lately is about to have a big rebound there so um that will help out uh bob chapek a bit a bit there and, and let, richard said something there that, that i want to uh, uh jump on because i think it's an important you know sort of my cl- clarify my own comments to some degree which Oops. is that this goes back to what janice was saying too about like do i feel like there's some concern among the hollywood industry about zaslav and warner Bros. discovery and i answered yes and my answer is yes but i don't know that that is a bad thing in other words the incentives are different for everyone. So the Hollywood community wants someone to come in there and then like buy all their stuff. So I think the the concern was that like Zaslav's looked at a bunch of these projects and it's been like, well, no, you know, like, like I'm not going to spend that. Like I'm not going to pay for that. That doesn't fit. That doesn't make him a bad business leader though. Uh, like that, right. you know, we'll see to Richard's point, like the, 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 you, you just need to make a, you need to make the correct hits, but being the dumb money I think Hollywood would love like that. He'd be a hero, but that right. doesn't make him a good CEO. So that, right. so that's sort of the tension at play here. I mean, I, I would join you, uh, Alex. And, and I think there's with, with a lot of these trends, there's a lot of cans that have been kicked down the road um, in terms of uh, over, overheated stock prices and labor questions and the whole, the whole model and everything. And I feel like, uh, 2023 is the year that the chickens are all coming home to roost. Recession is the great clarifier. It shows you the, the truth of everything. And if 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 you had to bet on when uh, the bill comes due for all these bad habits Hollywood has been in, to, 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 2023 is a good bet. So I'm with you in seeing uh, apocalypse ahead in uh, 2023. Can, so. can I just raise the point that I thought it was fascinating that they've you know um, signaled that a thousand plus layoffs. Are, are coming or at least many of them are coming between between now like thanksgiving and christmas and like that's traditionally the time of year when you'd lay no one off because you're like a benevolent you know company and not that i think it's any kinder to lay someone off on january 2nd but um after they've spent all their christmas money um but it's that that to me is sort of that's a real departure from forum just like oh like this is real. Like it's, you know, there's no waiting around. There's no niceties. This is like, you know, cutting to the bone. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And, and and you wonder when you have the signaling around like that, well, first of all, what else can you like? I guess it's better to signal it than yeah. to surprise people. So that's right. one, but you also have to figure out like, well, where is the incentive structure here? And this is something I've talked about internally with colleagues of mine, which is that, you know, like, when I spoke to Chris Licht, like he didn't shy away from the fact that, you know, changes needed to be made. And he, he even put out an internal memo after my story saying, yeah, like, look, I just did this thing and it's, it's going to be bumpy for a little bit, but you know, to some degree, Chris has a, an audience of one, which is his boss of David Zaslav. Yeah. 
And David Zaslav also sort of has an audience of one in John Malone, right. uh, which is a board member and a mentor and a owner of that company. And like, you know, John Malone, when he hears about like job cuts and cost cutting, mm-hmm. that's not something that he's going to hate. Uh, that's that, that's <laughs> something that he's going to see as necessary. Right. Now, I will say the flip side of that, and, and again, this goes back to the creator concern, is you do speak to some people in Hollywood who, while they like David, I think sort of take a look at his tenure as the Discovery CEO, and they see a guy who was wildly overpaid for what he did at that company. I mean, that company's stock didn't go through the roof. It was right. pretty much flat the entire time they owned it. Alex, so, is he still the highest paid CEO in America? He was year after year. I'm not sure if he is. Yeah. Okay. Media, in the media business, certainly, yeah. But, okay. I mean, his compensation was, was was wild. I've spoken to him about it. He says, you know, well, it's like options and stuff. I have to be right. the market price. I don't actually it's get all, it. It's all in stock, Alex. Don't worry right. about it. It's so, fine. So fine. Um, he's working for said, scale. He's still higher than yeah, everybody but- <laughs> else. And also other people have options too, you know? So, right. but, but yeah, look, I think that's a real worry, which is like you elevated this guy to this job. Um, but like, it's not as if he had some sort of screaming track record of like, yeah, obviously this guy, like he kind of happenstanced his way into this role. Um, and you know, now we'll see if he can do it. Fascinating. Well, on one more pessimistic note, I, I would love to talk about Peacock briefly. And Sean, what happened with uh, with Comcast earnings and Peacock? Peacock already announced their, you know, 15 million. The numbers are already out. So it was more just listening to the, the Comcast earnings call. You know, they made maybe a, I'll say maybe a 60 second. That's being generous mention of it. And then, you know, a 35 minute, minute pres- you know, presentation. And then, you know, the, the analyst calls were, come, were, you know, going one by one. And, you know, finally, maybe the fifth or sixth call, uh, I think it was Jessica Reeve Cohen came on and said, I can't believe you haven't been asked about Peacock yet. Like, you know, nobody talked about it. And they kind of refer to it as this nice business we have. We're happy. It, it, they kind of like, what's the purpose of it? And it was like, well, the number one thing that kind of came through was just as a place for us to put our movies and our, and our NBC TV shows. It wasn't like we're building, it's not a pillar of the company, like, and they even kind of alluded to this, like Netflix or even Disney Plus at Disney, where it's a pillar or even HBO Max for that matter at WBD. They're like, it's, this isn't that it's nice. It's $5 a month, like the economical kind of like they were, they're putting all those, those legs forward of what this is. And it's, it's not, it's being viewed on the outside as a Paramount Plus as a HBO Max and it's really not. The question becomes, they lost $614 million on it this quarter. That's up $150 million from the second quarter. And that's up oh $100 million from last quarter. So oh if, it's not this, if it's not this Netflix Disney Plus thing, and no one asked them this, but why are you spending so much money on all this original programming for it when you kind of view it as this nice repository for our existing content on Bravo, on, you know, and Premier League and soccer, you know, things like that. But why are you spending all this money on original series when I don't, I don't hear that's a narrative that they're putting out there. No one's asked them about that. And that's the big question I had from the call. I, I want to hear Alex's answer to this, but it's also worth pointing out that Comcast was a Comcast or NBC universal offered buyouts this week to employees over the age of 57. NBCU, I believe. Was NBCU. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So it's not like they're drowning in cash reserves that can fund Peacock forever. I imagine. Yeah, no, there's, there's, Absolutely, some belt tightening happening at NBC Universal. Um, you know, I think it was the Wall Street Journal that had that story a couple months ago now, or maybe last month. 
saying they were thinking about totally revamping the 10 o'clock hour, um, right. you know, giving right. that back to affiliates, stopping programming there. They're, they're definitely, I can confirm, thinking about doing maybe different stuff with their late night shows, which again, it, you're like you're just kind of lopping off one after another after another of the things that remain on the NBC linear TV networks. Uh, other than sports, which right. will, you know, stay there in news. So, look, your point about Peacock, by the way, like disclosure, like Comcast, NBC Universal owns CNBC. <laughs> um, so, but I'll try to speak as candidly about this as I can. Uh, the there is both internal and external understanding that Peacock is not some sort of like dynamic, like unbelievable product. It's it's that said, I do think that there's actual legitimate um, optimism about Peacock working in a small way, which is basically we NBC does a good job of selling advertising. There is a free tier of Peacock. There is a four ninety nine tier of Peacock. The ARPU on those products are good. Uh, so if you could get the spending down or the subscriber number up. There is a path toward profitability with this smallish product that can't really compete with the big guys. That is not a needle mover, which is why it got 30 seconds of talk on the Comcast call. That said, obviously the people working at Peacock want to make that as good of a product as possible. And if things were better, maybe the narrative would change around it. You know, it's sort of one of those things of like, well, like that's the narrative today because those are the cards we have. The right. creator community that I have spoken to has criticized Peacock's strategy in the sense of spending too much money on like B minus stuff. Yes. What I think that they, some of them wish would happen was that they spent money on fewer projects and spent more money on like three things. Just give us a hit or two. Give right. people a reason to say, this is Peacock because nobody knows what Peacock is exactly. Like even me, if you were to ask me what Peacock is, I'd be like, I like the streaming for the Olympics and Sunday night football, I guess. Like, I, I don't know like what original is on yep. there other than Paramount's <laughs> Yellowstone, which was a huge right. mistake on Paramount's end. So they need to be defined by something if they want to play in the streaming game. Well, it feels forward. very basic cable bundle, I think. And, and there's a reason for that, which yeah. is, if you go back to Steve Burke's time running NBC Universal, he was open with this. I mean, I did several times that I spoke to him on the record for stories. He looked at streaming and was like, why is this a good business? Like, I, it seems like I have to spend a lot of money on stuff and I'm not going to get my money back for a while. Well, that sounds prescient. And he was right. That's the thing. He was right. But because of the thing I described earlier, where all the media companies transition their business to look like Netflix, because... Netflix had a, a a value that was five to ten x the rest of them. They, they Comcast and NBC got dragged into it too, even while Burke was there. He was like, "Well, I guess this is what we're doing," you know. But it was always half-assed at Comcast. It always was. They never really believed it. They always knew they didn't have the goods to compete at the highest level. They tried very early on to do a joint streaming service with Warner Brothers when when Warner Media was at AT and T still. AT&T and Warner Media said no. Um, and again, like with reason like that, they have a stronger service than Peacock. Like 
that that a, a, a joint service would have benefited NBC Universal more than it would have benefited uh, uh, Warner Media. And we're seeing that now. I just wrote a story a couple of weeks ago about how Peacock is having all of these bundling discussions with all of the other streaming players. And they're basically getting an answer of no, because like, mm -hmm. yeah, we see why this would help you if we had some sort of bundled product. But, you know, what are you going to do for me? And the answer is like, yeah, there's probably not going to do all that much. I mean, even sort of that, what I just said of like the Olympics and Sunday night football, that stuff's mainly free on NBC right. broadcast. Right. Yeah. So it, there's just not really a compelling story there yet, but maybe a hint or two would change that. So maybe that should be the focus. It should just be, we're going to buy less, but we're going to spend more on the three things or whatever. Well, that, by the way, that's Warner brother discoveries. Yeah. Plan, right. Like that's their strategy too. I mean, and Richard always jokes. Let's just make hits is the new strategy. <laughs> just make sure. the hits. Mm, right. 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 But, but at least, at least on that, on that one, because I agree, like everybody says that and it's like, it's not easy to make a hit obviously, or else everybody would be doing it. But like, and, and by the way, I, I can, I can sort of, I won't say who told me, but there was someone who I was talking to the other day who said they had a meeting with the Netflix higher ups. And they were like, explain to me exactly what you learned from the data about why you know, Squid Game, Stranger Things, and the <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer thing hit. Like, why were those hits? Like, you have all the data. Tell us Love what you learned. That. And, like, the answer was, like, they couldn't. Right. Because, like, even though Netflix has the data, that doesn't mean they can interpret the data in any way that will guarantee them future success. So that goes to every company. So NBC Peacock or NBC Universal Peacock could spend more money on something Maybe that would make it a hit, but you know, on the flip side, if that bombs, like that's just more money, you know, thrown in the trash can, and now you've taken fewer shots. So I mean, I, I think I think one thing with with Peacock, you're seeing is that like, you know, they they have some good shows on there. They have some deep like Girls Forever that that they just uh, yeah. unloaded to Netflix is good enough that Netflix wants it apparently. That's true. Um, and there, there's a few good, but so, so Richard, as as Sean pointed out this week, good enough for Netflix doesn't mean it's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, good. but there, there, are, there yeah. I love. Ghost there Wonder. are a few, <laughs> there are a few genuinely good things on Peacock that I, I, that I have watched and enjoyed. But it's they're not um, the barrier to entry for a streaming service. I think has gotten has gotten a lot higher. That having a few like oh, there's a few nice things does not does not make your does not get your uh your streaming service to, to the front uh the front of the ranks anymore and, and it, 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 if you think about the netflix strategy what their strategy was initially which is really what drove their growth was let's invest in a few original content shots if we get a couple hits that'll work and then they'll stick around and not churn up because we have all the library content nbc universal has pretty good like they have all the saturday night live episodes they have the office they have decent stuff for you to stick around with there they yeah. just haven't really gotten that first one of like a series of this is why you need to pay for Peacock. Thing. Right. It's, and it's harder to get that first hit when you don't have the audience to start with. I mean, well, right. Netflix. Exactly, Richard. They're also just not putting the marketing spend in. Like Bel Air was the biggest one because it was promoted during the Super Bowl and it had this big, you know, and, and whether it was a success or not, you can argue. But and here's the case study, Janice, on this Girls 5 everything moving over. It's the Cobra Kai story. Cobra Kai existed for two years, two seasons. On YouTube. And no one knew a thing about it. It yeah. goes on Netflix. It's not Netflix wasn't putting marketing money behind that. It just had the scale and it took off and it, right. it has I mean, that platform. 
Peacock Breaking is Bad, 15. you, right. you, all you those shows, yeah. Exactly, you name it. And this is the Girls 5 Everything is the next you know bet that, hey, we think our scale will make this show a hit yeah. given our 73 million US subscribers and global subscribers, this could just organically take off. And that's the problem that Peacock has is that even if they made that, that Breaking Bad show, you got to market it because no one's coming in organically through the door to get that buzz level going you, that you need to have. For, for Netflix, if they if they if they have something that people want to watch that's a big hit like like Dahmer, all they have to do is turn it on and watch it. For Peacock or for one of the other for another service, they have to first educate people what Peacock is. Right. You have to you have to how much is they it? have to what do they I have do? to download it or install it or sign up for it or buy a subscription, and then they have to to watch it. So it's 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 really a three step sale that one show has to carry. Uh, yeah, look the the elephant in the room here, and and I have zero. Uh, indication that this is anywhere near even on the table, but I, I, I'll say it anyways because it it's the natural progression of the discussion we're having, which is at at some point, if Peacock does not succeed and and just doesn't turn into a sustainable, profitable business, NBC Universal would have to make the decision: Are we just better off served as an arms dealer and just sell yeah. our stuff to the other services out there? And, and that's where NBCU's library actually could kick in, right? Because like the office is a really valuable thing for any of the major streaming services to have. It was right. the most watched programming on Netflix. Like that could yeah. go for a lot of money. Um, NBC has chosen to, to have it on Peacock to be the sustainer there. But if that doesn't work, there is a plan B. Um, I, they don't want that. It would look like a royal failure. Ryan Roberts is an empire builder at heart, not a guy that's going to go in the other direction. He probably is more likely to buy something and make Peacock better than to just right. fold Peacock. But, you know, it is on the table. Um, and I do think that while Roberts is an empire builder, he also is like a savvy business person. And right. He, and, and he, if, if it's not working, he's not going to be like, we need a, to do this. He's a cable guy. It's like he dollars and cents. That's not, he's right. not coming in with some well, creative aspirations on this. Also, and, can I, can I yeah. use my new phrase that I oh. fully understand now? I think it would also increase the free cash flow, right? If you, if you had FCF. the library licensed or yeah. you know, like, it would go from big time positive from negative, which is what Peacock is today. Certainly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, Brian Roberts seems like a free cash flow kind of guy. And isn't this <laughs> Alex what Wall Street's looking at? in a big way now well that so that that circles back to the discussion we were just having right which was that for a little while you could see why nbc universal decided to do what they did because the valuation was on streaming subs subscriber growth so we've got to get in if that narrative is over and not coming back which the jury is still out on but if it is in fact over and not coming back and you know disney can report 12 million subscribers or netflix can report 8 million subscribers and like that's not the thing that's driving stocks anymore yeah then i think comcast would have to decide what are we getting out of this now like we either need to make peacock into this free cash flow positive machine or <laughs> right. we shouldn't be doing this anymore right yeah and there is one company we have not discussed here that has existed a long time inside of a larger company that has nothing to do with entertainment. And that's Sony, the biggest arms dealer out there. And, you know, nobody talks about Sony, well. but Sony is looking great. They have a billion dollar Netflix deal for their movies. Their movies are doing very well on Netflix, proof and point of theatrical business. They own Seinfeld, they have Breaking Bad. They have an amazing TV business um, they and they hum along. Ever, right? 
something they, like that. I they think might. they just had their best year ever. Well, they're also tucked inside Sony. So the numbers yeah. aren't even really, if you, that, that earnings call, Janice, I don't even listen to it because well, it's in Japan and I'm not going to be waking up for that. But, you know, outside of that, it's, you know, it's not even a thing that's really, they're an electronics company. They're, they're you know, well-being is based on how many TVs and, you know, they sell and PlayStations. Sony's a great business, but Sony's existed for a long time in that company you know, just going along and they've chosen not to start a streaming service. They have a Marvel business, you know, they've, they've worked out with Disney that works for them and they just, they make money and it's not, they're not changing the world, but it's a, it's a business that works. And that's what I think, you know, Alex, to your point, Comcast will probably have to come have a, you know, come to Jesus moment about what are we doing here? Are we okay being an arms dealer that owns a ton of great IP I mean, we haven't talked about Universal Pictures. I mean, all you know, the, that the streamers don't, Netflix doesn't have Amazon. Look, they bought MGM, but, you know, they don't own Bond and Rocky, something that, you know, whatever. There's not, there's not a lot of great, like, vivid, fresh IP there, you know, that they could be an arms dealer for that is a great business. And will still, people will always need good content and good things people know. And that's not, you know, it's not a bad thing. You remember there was that Sony hack a few years oh, ago? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, if, if you go down, I mean, it's if you actually like spend some time looking at that, it's like every every email after email to the CEO, or it was is just one media banker after the next because huh. every media banker fantasizes about putting Sony Pictures with right. X media company to unlock the value there. But the fact is, is that like Sony doesn't do anything about it. I mean, I, I think it's partially cultural driven, or so I've been told that a lot of these Japanese companies just kind of don't do that all that often where they're like sort of wheeling and dealing from a, from a global M&A perspective. Right. Um, and, and maybe Sony's one of the top ones of like, yeah, we're, we're cool. Like we're fine. Yeah. Uh, like we got this thing and this thing and they're part of the same company, but like, that's okay. So the years go by and Sony just keeps doing what it's doing. But I certainly know that all of like the media banking world would salivate over putting that asset with one of these other American media companies. Wow. Well, on that gloomy note, um, should we <laughs> special Halloween edition? Um, uh, we should probably let Alex get on with his day. Yeah, we have a big week ahead uh, coming up, Alex. You know, any we have uh, Paramount, Warner Brothers Discovery, Roku, Lionsgate, New York Times, Fox, WWE. Uh, you know, this is going to be the you know as much as as much news came out this week, it was really more about the tech companies. The week ahead is really going to start shedding some light, even more light on all this, Alex. Anything uh, catching I mean, your you, eye? You, or... you just ran off a list, and each one of those companies has its own interesting story right now. It's a very interesting <laughs> right. time in this in this uh, industry. Well, WWE, everyone assumes, could right. be for sale. Uh, we know Fox and News Corp are now looking at coming back together. Clearly, we we spent you know thirty five minutes talking about Warner Brothers Discovery. There's a lot of interesting things going on there. We didn't spend that much time on Paramount, but they're in the same exact discussion as what we talked about with Peacock. Like, does that company have a future on its own or does it need to be sold at some point? And if so, like, how would that sale work? And it would probably have to be done in pieces. So all of and those then, companies, very interesting. And in the next, Lionsgate, uh, you know, which is months. really, we're waiting for the sale of Lionsgate, which, you know, is the, sale, another seems, one. Right? Lionsgate, That's yep. really um, the, uh, the closest well, there. Let me simplify the question for Alex. Do you expect any good news from next week? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, 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 it's a lot easier to have good news now because the news has been so bad. So <laughs> I, I certainly think, I mean, you saw it with Comcast, right? Yeah. Comcast stock rose on its earnings. Yeah. 
It's not like, I mean, they, I think they announced like 14,000 new broadband subscribers, which is right. horrific based on their history. Uh, right. And yet the stock went up. So okay. the good news will be that like, it's not as bad as it has been the past six months, but you know, like to actually have some sort of like brand new, great news narrative, like, no, this is going to be ugly, I think this year. And then to Richard's point, like, we'll see if the ugliness continues in 2023 or if that's the turnaround year. So he's obviously not particularly optimistic on that. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm more in the like I'm more in the I don't know category. I certainly am not in the optimistic category. I don't see any obvious catalyst for valuation uh uh spikes with all of these companies anytime soon. But who knows? Like I, I don't I don't know. I, I I also would have told you not to invest in Netflix for year after year after year, and I would have been wrong year after year after year. So well, until you were right, I don't know. Until you were right, <laughs> <laughs> right until I was right. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's one that we'll leave Alex's stock tips uh, for the uh, CNBC. Yeah, don't don't take audience. my stock tips. Mm. Not not in that business for sure. Uh, if if uh, I were really good at that business, I wouldn't be in this business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right. So catch all that and more uh, this week at the Ankler. I'll certainly be writing about all these calls every morning uh, in the wake up newsletter. Um, Alex, thank you so much for joining. Uh, really great insights, uh, including Comcast Insight, which we appreciate. Uh, Richard and Janice, always a pleasure to see you. And uh, remember to Thanks, subscribe Charlie. to the, of course, uh, remember to subscribe to the Ankler. Uh, get the full suite of newsletters and podcasts at theankler.com. And of course, all this earnings report action begins uh, on Tuesday morning. And Monday, of course, I'll have a breakdown of all the Black Adam week two, which is uh, the future of the DC franchise, which we didn't even mention once. (laughs) We'll catch that on Monday morning. And uh, thanks for joining. And we'll see you then. 